Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code SGP for up to $1,000 in deposit bonuses. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, to play, win, and get paid. Sports Gambling Podcast Network and All Things Comedy are teaming up to run back the 2019 NFL playoffs via Madden Simulations and give away $10,000 in MyBookie credits. The tournament starts Friday night, July 3rd, and runs through the weekend. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ATC for all the info. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ATC. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reeves. Hey there, welcome in to the very latest edition of the only digital radio show and podcast that is devoted exclusively to underdogs. It is Three Dog Thursday. We are glad that you're with us. However, you found us. Happy Fourth of July weekend, the Independence Day weekend. Uh, holiday is upon us coming this weekend. We have flipped the calendar to July, and I'm looking forward to talking with my uh, guests. Uh, by the way, up front, uh, a reminder that however you found this show through our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows and their feed, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, a social media link, subscribe away. Subscribe on iTunes through Apple Podcast. Subscribe on Google Podcast, on Spotify, on Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, Spreaker, wherever those podcasts are found, subscribe away. The podcast will come automatically to you and do something that many others have been doing in the last few months rate us and review us. Give us a five-star review. It helps more people find us through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. if you rate us and review us. Um, And a reminder to find our YouTube channel for video. We've started putting video content. I've got video content up there with some of the guest segments. Uh, A lot of different things are going to be happening on video. So find Three Dog Thursday on the YouTube channel uh, as well uh, with video content here and subscribe on YouTube. Look forward to having more and more of you engaged. Now, let me set the table on what we have for you. Brian Edwards will be here from MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. I look forward to talking with him about the New England Patriots signing of Cam Newton to a one-year deal, the former Carolina Panthers quarterback who led them to the Super Bowl in 2015, the former number one overall pick, the Heisman Trophy winner, national championship winner from Auburn out of college. He is now with Belichick and the Patriots on a one-year deal. Can't say that this is totally a shock, and I'll explain more with Brian Edwards when we talk with him, uh, because were they going to go with unproven Jarrett Stidham at quarterback or the journeyman veteran Brian Hoyer as a backup I never really believed that Belichick was sold completely on those guys. I don't know that he's sold on Cam Newton. We're going to talk more about that coming up with Brian Edwards. Brian really loves an AFC North team as well. We talked to him in a little bit and likes their win total and their opportunities. So we'll be talking with him about that. 
And then very interesting, he wrote about this, uh, they did on their website on MajorWager.com, a scandal involving sports books and Korean baseball and a 10-team parlay that was won for over $135,000 on the 10-team parlay. And the scandal, the controversy, is that several of the games had a screwed up starting time digitally. And so bettors were already able to see what was going on in the Korean baseball games and then make their bets, not in live betting, but at the pregame betting odds. And so Brian will explain more about what this means uh, in a little bit. He's also got a little taste of what's coming up with the UFC as they head to the Middle East and their fight island fights coming in July. Brian Edwards with all of that still to come. And then we've got our roundtable later in the program where we're going to talk more about Cam Newton. We're going to talk about whether the baseball season gets off the ground. Also, a phenomenal college basketball recruit out of the state of Michigan. Imani Bates is his name. He is headed to Michigan State, we believe, for basketball, following in the long line of success of guys like Irvin Magic Johnson, Mateen Cleaves, Draymond Green, Cassius Winston. Or will he ever play there because will there be a college basketball season? We'll cover that on our roundtable, a little baseball talk, and much more. Look forward to talking about it uh, with my guy, Sean Green, of the Sports Gambling Podcast. We'll be here. He will pop on on these subjects. My buddy, Brett Norsworthy, Stats, who, who knows more ins and outs with the numbers than anybody that I know. Stats Norsworthy is a media personality, sports radio host in Memphis, Tennessee, my hometown. And my buddy Deshaun Tate of Tate's Take on Hoops. Uh, you can follow Deshaun at Tate's Take, and he does a great job with insight out of the Atlanta area, but he's also got ties to Michigan. I want to talk to him about uh, Imani Bates and about the NBA resumption. So those guys will be on the roundtable, Sean, Brett, and Deshaun, later on here as part of Three Dog Thursday. So I'm anxious to get everything underway here with the different opinions, with the Cam Newton signing. Uh, are we going to see sports get back rolling? Good on the PGA Tour that they are persevering even with positive tests around them uh, right now. Uh, we are we are anxious uh, to get to the more important golf games uh, and golf uh, tournaments and championships that are coming, like the PGA Championship, like the U.S. Open, like the Masters in November. Right, right now, Jay Monahan, their commissioner. Uh, if there's any sport uh, that is well equipped for social distancing, uh, it's golf. And, and Jay Monahan is looking at the at the positive test and saying, "Hey, we're going to continue to have stringent testing. We're going to continue to follow the guidelines, but we can continue to play here without fans and without endangering very many people here. Play our sport, have it be on TV, uh, share the TV re- revenue, et cetera, et cetera." So. Uh, I applaud him for taking the stand this time last week before the tournament in Hartford when there were numerous players having to withdraw, controversy about caddies uh, having COVID-19. So Brooks Kepka withdrew. Uh, Webb Simpson, who had won the previous week uh, at Hilton Head, he withdrew because a family member had come in contact with somebody with coronavirus. So they're taking precautions. We had another PGA Tour player, Chad Campbell, testify or uh, test uh, positive rather uh, earlier this week. Um, so he's not able to play in Detroit, but as they go on through July and head to the PGA Championship in San Francisco, the PGA Tour playoffs, uh, good on the uh, the tours for continuing to test, be stringent, but be positive and persevere on and say we're going to continue to play here with our sport. Because th- this is important knowing. I mean, you may think that everybody in golf's a millionaire, but for a lot of these guys, for players like 50 through 150, that are out there playing every week on the tour, this is their living. 
And they're not making money if they're not able to play on these golf tours of some kind. If they don't make the cut, they don't make anything. But you don't even have a chance to make the cut if there's no tournaments. So the guys that regularly uh, rely on the occasional twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollar check by making the cut and doing well, they need these tournaments. And the tour realizes that. As much as the biggest names like Tiger and Phil and Rory and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and John Rahm and uh, all the all the uh, the top stars of the game, the Ricky Fowlers, the Jordan Speeds, etc., make uh, millions and tens of millions. There are. Dozens and dozens, if not 75 to 100 guys that don't make very much money. They make a few hundred thousand if they're fortunate. They make a couple of hundred thousand normally, and they may make a hundred thousand or 50,000 or less, depending on how they do, uh, how they win. And this is before taxes uh, on a season where they finish, how many cuts they make. Um, again, trying to survive uh, on the on the golf tour without golf, it's an impossibility. You got to have the events. So good on the PGA Tour continuing. NASCAR obviously continuing. The boxing going on with top-ranked boxing filling a void in June and continuing in July. Now the other boxing promotions coming around. The UFC still fighting. Will we get to the baseball, the football, and uh, the uh, the NBA and NHL resumptions of their seasons, the baseball startup, and what happens with the NFL Well, when it comes around, we'll continue to talk about it here on Three Dog Thursday, and we specialize in the underdogs. We're looking forward to talking more about underdogs as this show goes on, and obviously when there are many more games, the underdog is the angle here on this podcast. Let's get rolling. Looking forward to talking with my guest as we continue to crank along here in July. Uh, Let's get things started here on Three Dog Thursday. Woof, woof, and happy July as we have flipped the calendar to a brand new month. We are still rocking through the summer where it's hot, Hot almost everywhere. I did see there is snow this week in like the Montana, Idaho region of the country at the high elevation. Other than that, everybody is steaming. But still, we persevere on here on Three Dog Thursday, and I do so with the help of a great handicapper. Love the insight and the analysis from MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. Brian Edwards back with me here on the podcast and the show how you feeling, brother? Everything good uh, with the heat? I know I know we're spending time at the beach. The sand is hot. The water is warm. We're all just trying to hang in there right now. Yeah, uh, it's all good, man. It's all good. We got some content with uh, Korean <laughs> baseball, Cam Newton. We haven't had a lot of content, and it comes perfectly because there's no UFC this week. So we have had some uh, some content. Coming up oh, the there is there is no doubt, and we might as well roll our sleeves up and dive into it, including the fascinating uh, parlay victories by multiple wagerers in Las Vegas uh, with the uh, with the Korean Baseball League, and, and we'll get into that controversy where they essentially were betting on games that had already started, if not almost concluded, and allowed to do it. We'll get to that with Brian, as I've teased before in a couple of moments, and he just teased it right there. Let's begin with the Cam Newton signing. Uh, The news broke on Sunday night uh, that Cam Newton had agreed to a one-year deal with the New England Patriots for the upcoming year. Not not coincidentally at all that the Patriots releasing that information at the same uh, news cycle time period that they were being popped again for having been caught videotaping the Bengals' sidelines last December. Uh, and uh, and losing a third-round pick, a $1 million friend. Yes, the Bengals. (laughs) 
So uh, isn't it fascinating? The Newton signing is announced virtually at the same time that that news is coming out that they were popped again uh, for things off the field. But in any event, the former number one overall pick of the Carolina Panthers, the former Heisman Trophy winner, the former NFL MVP in 2015, took the Panthers to the Super Bowl that year with a 14-1 season, gets a one-year deal to go to New England, and Brian Edwards' reaction to that is what? Vintage awesomeness from Belichick getting a veteran on the cheap at a time in his career when he, he's got to prove something or, or wants to get that Super Bowl. Just vintage Belichick and just all, you know, low risk, high reward here. Um, you know, Cam Newton, the shoulder injury at the end of two seasons ago, causing him to miss two games, and he had surgery. Then the Liz Frank that was clearly bothering him the first two games, and then he was done. So are, how are those injuries? I mean, apparently, um, you know, he had a physical in March uh, before the Panthers released him that, you know, checked out, that appeared he was fine. He says he's healthy, and if he is healthy – you know, I'm of the belief, and this goes for Big Ben, too, and we'll talk to the Steelers later. Um, if Cam and Big Ben are healthy and 100% with those injuries and with Ben, I, I think it was the elbow uh, last year, and, and with Cam, you know, the shoulder and the foot, if they are healthy, I'm of the belief that the beating, or and in Cam's case, and it's sometimes, you know, Cam gives out the beating sometimes, but certainly takes a ton of hits. I think having a year off, probably does their bodies well. It's probably good for them, you know, assuming the shoulder is right and the Liz Frank injury is okay for Cam. Um, this is a guy who, uh, you know, I still think has good football left in me. I mean, I know he's a different type of quarterback because he runs it a lot, but, you know, most quarterbacks at the age of 31 are just coming into their prime. Now, it's he's different than the Drew Brees and the Tom Brady because he runs it so much, but – I still think he's got some good years left. He's a hell of a quarterback if he's healthy. Now, is he the great, great thrower that, that breathes and, you know, uh, I can name a ton of quarterbacks there. Um, not always that consistently accurate, but he can throw some great balls. He can throw a great deep ball. Now, but at the same time, New England doesn't have a talented group of wide receivers. But here, let me um, <laughs> get to the odd changes. So he was 300-1 to win MVP. That dropped to 40-1 to at the Westgate. Um, Buffalo was around plus 115 favorite for the AFC East. New England was around plus 140. Now New England is around even money, the favorite, and Buffalo is more like plus 130. The win total goes from like eight and a half or nine at some places, varying odds, to nine and a half. Let me stop you right there. Does it surprise you? Does it surprise you? Because I really thought that a Cam Newton signing might boost that win total by a game or a game and a half. Does it surprise you that it's not more? uh, That it was only apparently like a half a game at most sports books from eight and a half to nine or nine to nine and a half. I would figure he would be worth more than that. Did that surprise you? Uh, I agree with your thought process, but I think yeah, the book's probably like got to need to see him healthy, and you know he's got a new playbook to learn. Of course. Um, so, 
I lean toward agreeing with you, but it doesn't shock me where they have it. Well, it, it shocked me all along, and I've been on the front end saying this, and so I got two points uh, about this. I've been on the front end saying that Bill Belichick would demonstrate whether he believes in Jared Stidham or not as to whether they bring in another quarterback. I said that about 15 times on this show and on interviews everywhere else. Uh, my buddies at Winning Cures Everything, the, the podcast and the show, Chris Giannini is one of the co-hosts. He and I went round and round about the Patriots earlier in the offseason. He has been touting this Cam Newton move. I got to get him back on Three Dog Thursday to say, I told you that Bill Belichick would demonstrate whether he believes in Jared Stidham or not if he signs another quarterback. This indicates they don't believe in Jared Stidham. Uh, for the upcoming season. They want competition, and they more than likely, if he's healthy enough, like you mentioned, they want to go with with Cam Newton. One other point here. I thought their win total was inflated. I realize the Patriots are the Patriots, but a lot of that, I think, has been masked by Tom Brady, his brilliance, his excellence. And before anybody comes at me, that oh, you're just saying that because he's the Buccaneer guy. Folks, I, I have believed and have said for years, Brady has been worth three or four wins to New England every year because he's him. So I never bought into them being an eight or nine win team with Stidham or even with Cam Newton. I think they're more like a five or six win team, honestly, legitimately. So I thought that was inflated. So there's there's a couple of uh, of my comments. I know you got his numbers in front of him. You mentioned the injury concerns. You were kind when you said their receivers are not their receivers uh, and tight end situation uh, not good other than Julian Edelman, and he's a possession guy. I, I and, and it is a different offense. Yes, they can maybe adapt some things, but it's a different offense for him to learn. And we're in a time period, Brian, where they can't meet allegedly. They can't they can't get together and have practices, organized workouts until at least training camp, which is later in the month. I think those are all hindering him on learning a new offense, et cetera, et cetera. They can send you a DVD and go over the instruction, but the actual physical doing with your teammates, that can't be replicated right now. What do you think of my whole diatribe? Pick out part of that, all of that, whatever you want to respond to. Go ahead. Well, yeah, and I think that that last part about you know him learning the offense and stuff is probably why we didn't see more of a boost on the win total. You know, I think, um, yeah, so I, I agree with that. Uh, I'll just add that the uh, New England was plus 650 odds to get Cam, which was the second biggest liability at points bet USA. The Chargers were the biggest liability. I mean, we are talking about a guy, and I think he wants to play. I mean, Cam could retire now if he wants. I mean, he won a national title. He won a Heisman. He won an NFL MVP. I know he didn't win a Super Bowl, but he got the one. He's got more rushing uh, touchdowns career for any quarterback in NFL history at 58. Um, this shows he wants to play, and it probably shows he's healthy, too. Um, and, yeah, I, I get – I agree with all you said. I, I don't think they had confidence in Jarrett Stidham. And the season win total probably should have been lower, but maybe it wasn't lower because the oddsmakers were thought there was still the chance of this happening. And uh, and like you said, because there's not a – where we don't know if there's going to be the real deal legit training camp is probably why there's not more of a boost on the win total. Good points on all of these things. A couple of more uh, important points here. And one of the things we talk about all the time on Three Dog Thursday, the job of the odds maker is to entice you to bet. If you put – obviously, Brian, if you put the Patriot win total at around 7.5 or 8, most everyone probably thinks that's where it should be. Uh, and, and it's not likely that you'd get a lot of underplays, for example, while we talk about underdogs. 
If you put the win total at eight and a half or a nine, you got people like me going, that's way too high. That's what they want, right? The odds makers, the sports books, those palaces out in Vegas, that's what they want. They want uh, equal action on both sides. Put a line out there that entices people. Yeah. Um, Back to the receivers, just real quick. I, I, my, my guy, Mohamed Sanu from Atlanta. I know he didn't do much when he did went to New nothing. England, but that was kind of did season. nothing last year. I know year. he did. I know, but he had to learn the offense and all. I, I, I give him a mulligan. Mohamed Sanu might have a big year. I still think he's got good football. Left. And they got Nikhil Harry, the the former Arizona State speed wide receiver, but he was in a lot of ways lost last year in the offense. Very frustrating yep. uh, for Tom Brady. So. They again. Uh, they do not have the skill position players right now to make any quarterback go wow, uh, or any or any opposing defense go wow and sit up and take notes. All right, so one more, and I think this is an interesting comparison because Bel- Belichick has frequently done this, where they make a splash signing, they bring someone in. See Antonio Brown a year ago. They suddenly signed Antonio Brown, and everybody was lauding that, and he literally played one game. Uno, again, major wager Uno, he literally played one game against the Dolphins in the opening game, and they got rid of him and voided his contract because they didn't have to pay him anymore. And Antonio Brown and Drew Rosenhaus were left standing there going, what the hay? And then they figured out the what the hay, that they used him for one week, and that was it, and they got rid of him. Uh, Previously, they signed one Tim Tebow from someone's Florida Gators in the offseason of 2013. They signed him. They played him during the preseason. Uh, He had some opportunities, and then they decided for all the pomp and circumstance and the former Heisman Trophy winner and the former number one pick, we don't believe he can help us. They cut him before the regular season started. I ask you, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider, what do you think about the possibility that they go through this exercise with Cam Newton, including preseason games, how many ever they play, and he's not even on the opening day roster, that they use it to push Stidham, get Stidham more ready, and Cam Newton's not even around, his money's basically not guaranteed. What do, what do you think of what I just laid out? He would have to put on some serious Antonio Brown-like diva-ness, and I just don't, I don't see him doing that. I think he – look, he – had nobody offering him big money, and we don't even know who was calling. I'm sure some teams were calling wanting him on the cheap, but, I mean, I think he thinks of this as a huge opportunity. I mean, we can bash on their receivers all we want. They still got the best coach, and they still ranked number one in the NFL in team defense last year um, and number one in scoring defense. They only gave up 14.1 points per game last year. So, uh, I think Cam sees this as an opportunity, as he should. And, look, I know he had Greg Olson and he had Steve Smith at the end of his career. It's not like he had some great group of wideouts in Carolina, though. I agree. And, uh, and, and he had plenty of success there. When but the bigger – the big, and we're going to move on off of Cam to the Steelers in a moment, and then I promise we're talking about this Korean baseball betting controversy, which will be fascinating in a moment with Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com. But, but one more – uh, on this too that I think is uh, is very important. The injury question is huge. The shoulder problems at the end of 2018, he played two games in 2019. I was there. Like Howard Cosell, I remember because I was there. Sunday night or a Thursday night football against the Panthers. Thursday night uh, of week two. He couldn't move. He couldn't get out of the way. Shaq Barrett, the outstanding pass rusher of the Bucks, had four sacks that night, primarily because Newton couldn't get out of the way when he came at him. 
and the guy didn't play again for the next 14 weeks with the foot. So I think there are real injury concerns, and it would not surprise me. I'm on the record the first week in July. If we go through all of these steps, all of training camp in the preseason, and Cam Newton isn't even on New England's roster because they want to go with Stidham and and with Hoyer uh, as the veteran backup. We'll see. We'll see what they elect to do on that. Yeah, go ahead. Final thought before we talk Steelers? If that if that happens and Jarrett Stidham has a big year, uh, just another chapter in the lore of brilliance of Bill Belichick. All right. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are on your mind, too. You're looking at the Steelers with their win total, with their odds. Big Ben off the elbow surgery. Again, he only played a couple of games last year before elbow surgery, the most serious injury of his career. What about the Steelers? Give me a little more taste real quick. Well, most of what I've been hearing and reading is that Big Ben is healthy. And kind of as I alluded to, I think the year off probably served him well. Uh, He's been so tough and so durable, but yet taken so many big hits, many of them from Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs for more than a decade. And I think the year off is probably good for him, assuming the elbow's right right now, and most reports are that it is. Look, this team got really hot last year with garbage quarterback play. Um, they were in position to get to the playoffs going into the last couple of weeks. They had 18 to 17 TDI and T ratio from Mason and Hodges last year. I mean, they lost five one possession games without Big Ben. If he's in those games, they probably win them. They scored 10 points or fewer in four L's without him. The D allowed 17 points or less nine times, and that was with an offense that was pretty pedestrian. Look, Juju did not have a great season last year, but that was because of the quarterback play. Uh, and the reason Antonio Brown got so just became such a bad teammate and drama and divaness was he was jealous of the chemistry Juju and Big Ben established <laughs> late in the 2018 year. I think Pittsburgh's ready to rock this year. Obviously, it's based on Ben's health, but I think it's going to be there. And I like over nine. I like them plus 340, plus 350-ish to win the AFC North instead of Baltimore. And uh, bullish on the Steelers. Look, they've got some wide receivers that had bad quarterback play last year, but good young talent. Deontay Johnson out of Toledo. Deion Kane out of Clemson. Uh, Juju, I think, will have a big bounce back here. Um I think, and I love Connor, if he can stay healthy in the backfield. And, look, I like Benny Snell as well. Um, I like everything about the Steelers. Very bullish on them this year. And you didn't mention, uh, you just alluded to it there, Connor was hurt for a lot of last year. And Mike Tomlin is a tremendous coach. And, uh, you know, as much as people want to try to throw stones at them not winning 10, 11, 12 games every time, I mean, there's a standard there. And they, they were in the playoff hunt. Uh, a year ago, even without Big Ben and the poor quarterback play, like you mentioned, so there's a lot. There's a lot. To, I'm no Steelers. Last year might have been his best coaching job. Just to have Last that team, have it, you know, you make a good point. Just to have that team be able to hang in. Yes, there's validity in that. That that team Undrafted didn't turn out. Rookie. Correct, and they didn't turn into a three- or four-win team with Rudolph and Hodges uh, as the year went on. Again, I'm no Pittsburgh Steeler I have fr- I, I, or fan. I have friends uh, and acquaintances that are. I am not one of them, but they're 
you know, I got a couple of neighbors of mine that, that fly the Steeler flags, and they didn't fly them at half mass last year. They, they were all they were all uh, still on board uh, with the Steelers. So it's just interesting. You can check out more on that on MajorWager.com. Now, what I am also interested in, you guys wrote about this. Uh, Blake Von Hagen wrote about this on your site. The controversy with the Korean Baseball League and also the Chinese Baseball League, which the sports books, not only the Vegas sports books, but the online books have been taking wagering. And so something came out after Sunday when at least one better won a 10-game parlay involving the Korean Baseball League. And then there were several other betters that won bets apparently with an error involving the starting of games in the middle of the night for most of the country here because Korea is halfway around the world from North America. So the start times got messed up, and Brian, pick up the story on what happened not only with his Tim game parlay, but multiple bettors winning on games that they were betting on that had already started. Tell us more. Yeah, so ESPN's Doug Kazarian broke this yesterday. So four... Korean baseball game started at 1 a.m. Pacific on Sunday morning or late Saturday night, whatever. Um, So the start times were entered into the system incorrectly, and the the various games were entered to start anywhere between 1.30 and 3. Like, all the details are kind of sketchy. They aren't known because the MGM that owns Bellagio is not – commenting and the Nevada Gaming Control Board just acknowledged a probe into it. So it, the, 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 the conversation is, is it fair or foul of the betters? I'm of the opinion that we'll see some of the game, or there were two games that are um, or kind of the, the outcomes were not decided, but greatly, uh, you know, you had great odds of winning. One was 10 to one in the fifth inning. So the over had already hit. And the 10-1 team on the side obviously looked great. And let's clarify. Let me stop you. Let me clarify. Let me clarify again. The better is going to either a digital kiosk or is able somehow at the Bellagio to bet on a game that has started. And in one case, the game was 10-2 in the sixth inning when a better could put the bet still on the team, a game that was in progress. Um and uh, and then there was apparently a second game where the team had scored a bunch of runs in the first couple of innings, um, and and you were able to go bet on that game as if it had not started, and that was added into a ten game right. parlay that ended up paying this one better a hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars in part because he was betting on games where he pretty much had a big head start on who was going to win. Did I sum it up correctly? Very much so. You nailed it. Now, the details of who got paid out are not available. I don't believe, and we don't know all this for fact, I don't believe the 137000 has been paid out yet. But I think a lot of bets, like straight bets, were made on the game that was, what, 10-2 to 2 in the sixth inning. The over had already hit. Like, people would bet on the over and the team winning. So you're able and, to just um, go. I'll stop you again. You're able just to go bet the over because the game is going on and just immediately win because the over has already hit in this game because you already know it and the system doesn't think the game has started yet. Assuming there's not a rain out. Now, that's an obscure baseball rule. If a, a game gets rained out, it doesn't matter if it's 15-12. to 12. <laughs> Totals are – if it doesn't go the right, nine right. innings, totals are become no better. But, uh, yeah, and so in my mind, if you're – there was one of them that was three to nothing. 
okay, and it was like the fifth or sixth inning or whatever. There's still a little bit of risk from the better there. I mean, he doesn't automatically win that. So if somebody bet 100 or 200 on that on a straight bet, I'm not going to judge them harshly. But when you start stringing the parlays together to win tens of thousands or more than 100 oh, grand, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's out of bounds. And so now but we'll find out how many bettors were involved and how many got paid out before the error was discovered. And I'm pretty sure the 137 grand did not get paid out. And now that they can prove that the, the games had already started, they're not going to have to pay that out. But then the question becomes, how much money did other people win and get paid out? And I don't think at that point, if they hadn't discovered the error, I'm not saying it, the, the, you know, the better wasn't out of bounds, but I don't think they have any right to go after the money they've already paid out. Interesting. I mean, if you lost money on a bet, you know, well, and, and, and again, it's their error in their system. It's their error to also have paid people money on their winnings without catching it. But again, I don't know what the law, again, this goes back to what does the law say? What does the Nevada gaming law say? What does the law in the state of Nevada say about whether they can recoup the money or not? Um and it's not as if the betters were in, think, in, well. They were not engaged in any kind of conspiracy uh, here on this. They were simply taking advantage uh, of something that was of a, uh, a, a mistake at, at that point. Now we should clarify too that betting has gotten so sophisticated and and so uh, intense that you can live bet during games now all over the place on anything. But the difference is the odds have changed once you know scores, right, Brian? Help me pick up on this. That right. let's say an NFL yeah. game begins yeah. with the Steelers, like we're talking about. You can bet on the Steelers, and the line is maybe uh, a six point. The Steelers are a six point favorite. We now know once they lead fourteen to nothing in the first quarter that that line has now become like minus ten, right, for rest of the game. I'm just throwing out numbers. the 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 yeah. line has changed yeah. is the point once the game has started. And the point here is you were still getting these Korean teams at the original line, even though they were already ahead, and so uh, and ahead and ahead significantly. That's the point of of, hey, you've taken advantage of the error in the system, and you already have a preview here uh, on that. But I think it's an important clarification. You can bet on games during games now. You can have live betting in all sports. It's just that the odds change, right, Brian? Exactly. So, you know, if if Steelers are – 14 point favorites at home against the Bengals and the Bengals jump out, jump out to a 21 to nothing lead early in the second quarter, then you're probably going to be able to get Pittsburgh, you know, instead of minus 14 originally, you'll get them, you know, plus four or five if they're down by 21. So that's kind of how the end game works. Now, I did, Doug did have this on the end of his article on ESPN. Um, if they've already paid out, like he said in the past, when there's been something similar to this what they'll do is they won't go back and try to get the money but they will ban that customer for life from that <laughs> and i'm sure the, the customer's you- like no problem thanks thanks for the mistake boys well but it just depends but if i that's- don't believe it's right if that's somebody if it, if that wants to come back in there, thousand. I mean, let's let's just take it one more step and then we'll move off of this. But if it's somebody that bet on the individual game and bet a few hundred dollars or bet a couple of hundred dollars because they saw opportunity to win a couple of hundred dollars or win 500, is that worth being banned forever because you cash that bet? It would be one thing if it's the 10-team parlay and the alleged $137,000 payout on a $250 bet that in part – 
was helped in at least two of the games by the games having already been in progress when the better made the bet. That would be a different decision. If I am sitting there as TJ, you're sitting there as Brian, the listener is sitting there as the listener, and the choice is I'm banned for life on a bet that I only made 200 bucks on or 500 bucks on, or I'm banned for life on 137 grand, that's a whole different choice, right, Brian? Sure. And like, so if I'm at the Westgate where I know a lot of the guys behind the counter, I don't feel right about doing that for a hundred bucks. But if I've lost $3,000 on a Saturday and I'm at a book, I'm never going to be at again. And the Hawaii game, we have this error and I take advantage for 500 bucks. I'm not going to feel bad about it. But when you start doing parlays <laughs> and tens of thousands of dollars, that's where you you gotta that you gotta have that on your own conscience, and I wouldn't feel right about it. I don't blame so you. I don't blame you. Read more at majorwager.com again about this ten team parlay and how amazingly the sports book, uh, one of them, was allowing bets. The system, the digital system, was allowing bets on games in the Korean baseball league that had already started. And you can understand how this happens. It's the middle of the night. The start times are confusing. Not everybody's sure. Maybe the game times get moved. Not everybody's on it. They get paid to be on it. They get paid to watch these things, but sometimes these things happen. So uh, let's just say this. There's probably somebody that lost their job over this, I would would bet. At least their role, uh, their role of, of, of rolling out these odds and the start times, if not lost their job over that again uh brian edwards with me for another moment or two majorwager.com uh as well as vegas insider so the ufc is part of july 4th weekend we celebrate our independence uh the birth of the nation etc this weekend no ufc fight card this weekend and they're making their way to the middle east for dana white's fight island and his series of fights that he is going to have there including ufc 251 the pay-per-view next saturday as they're listening to us saturday the 11th will be that pay-per-view and you already as a tease like a couple of tasty underdogs on that next upcoming pay-per-view that you'll be writing about on majorwager.com and talking about us uh, talking about it with us right Correct. There's three title fights next Saturday, July 11th, and I'm leaning toward all three underdogs. Now, I kind of want to see next week how the weight cuts are going, etc. I'm not against maybe getting a small taste of these just in case they're not as big of underdogs next week, but Gilbert Burns uh, in the plus 190 range against Kamaru Usman for the welterweight title. Max Holloway, he lost his belt to Volkanovski, uh, Volkanovski, I should say, and now he's a plus 180 underdog or plus 175. Uh, And then there is Jose Aldo, the former featherweight champ, down at Bantamweight, uh, going for the vacated title left by Henry Cejudo's retirement. He's around a plus 180, plus 190 dog to Peter Yan. I'm heavily leaning toward all three underdogs, and we can talk more about it uh, next week as we're along into fight week and, and I get to see the fighters, etc. But they'll have four shows on Fight Island, Yaz Island, Abu Dhabi. They'll have July 11th, July 15th, July 18th, and July 25th. How about that? Read more, MajorWager.com. Follow this man at Vegas B. Edwards to find out more. You read him also on Vegas Insider, VegasInsider.com with the UFC picks and selections. Always love it. Happy 4th of July. Be safe. I love the insight. Great stuff on Cam Newton on the Steelers, even this Korean Baseball League betting controversy in Vegas. I love it all. Brian Edwards, thank you. Have a great weekend, brother. Thanks, buddy. Happy 4th. Nice work by you throwing in that at Major Wager Uno Twitter handle as well. Thanks, bud.
Still to come, a video conversation here on Three Dog Thursday is straight ahead. Our roundtable includes Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, that fantastic podcast and video show. Look forward to talking with he, with Brent Norsworthy, stats from Sports 56 WHBQ, the radio station in Memphis. He's on five days a week in Memphis. Uh, stats has got great insight on everything, in particular on baseball. And then some hoops as well on our roundtable with Deshaun Tate. Tate's take will be here. Uh, the guy with all the insight on the hoops out of the Atlanta, Georgia area, also by way of Michigan. Roundtable discussion coming up here as part of Three Dog Thursday. And Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. The guys are back with another awesome simulation tournament teaming up with the All Things Comedy Guys. And they're running back the entire 2019 playoffs, plus giving away $10,000 in MyBookie credits. The tournament starts Friday night, July 3rd. Make sure to get your entry in and go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ATC for all the info. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ATC for all the info on this 2019 NFL playoff simulation. We know the actual playoffs saw the Chiefs defeat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. How will this playoff simulation play out Find out by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ATC. And remember, whether it's the UFC, whether it's NASCAR being back, golf being back, European soccer, Australian rules football, Korean baseball, uh, whatever it is, and soon to be the NBA, the NHL, uh, Major League Baseball, we hope, later this summer with the pandemic going on, bet on all of it at mybookie.ag. Again, go and check out everything with them. And we've got another great offer, a promo code offer. Use the promo code SGP and get some extra cash on top of your initial deposit. If you're a first-time user, deposit 100 bucks and get 50 more dollars to play with. Deposit 500 bucks, get 250 more dollars to play with. As always with my bookie, you bet, you win, and most importantly, when you win, you get paid with my bookie and the Sports Gambling Podcast. And we're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. If you've ever thought of starting your own sports book but don't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help with everything that you need, an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support 24-7 in some of the sharpest lines in the industry. And again, all the sports coming back. You've got UFC, you've got NASCAR, boxing now back, golf back. Soon enough, it's going to be the NBA and the NHL resuming their seasons later in the summer. Ace Per Head offers it all, including live betting, amazing mobile experience, Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Go to aceperhead.com for the offer slash SGP. Aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more about the free offer that's up there now with Ace Per Head. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Rolling along on Three Dog Thursday, and this is a fun segment that is a video portion of the show as well as audio. So again, if you're only on audio on the podcast, find the Three Dog Thursday YouTube channel because I've got more fellas coming in to help me out here on the video with the roundtable. Let's go around the room right now and say hello to my guys. Uh, we will start seniority 
for Brett Norsworthy, a.k.a. Stats. Memphis longtime radio personality with my buddy Dave Woloshin. Uh, Stats, it is good to be with you, my friend. Uh, they're out of Memphis, Tennessee. You're actually in Arkansas, and you're home in Arkansas, right across the Mississippi River. But good to have Stats here as part of the Three Dog Thursday Roundtable. Thank you, TJ. Great to be with you. And I knew these gray hairs would come in handy someday when I could go first. Well, the good news is that we are all follically challenged on this show. It would be a real <laughs> contest on who has more Brillo on top between all of us with the guests here. So nobody's self-conscious about that. Uh, next up from the Sports Gambling Podcast, say hello to Sean Green, who's in Los Angeles, who's in Hollywood, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, Sports Gambling Podcast, and the network of shows. We're grateful for being part of that with Three Dog Thursday. Sean Green, how are you, brother? I'm doing great, man. And, uh, yeah, you know, my hair, just hanging on to a couple threads at the end. But, uh, yeah, luckily I, I started shaving the head right before the whole COVID thing happened. So it was perfect timing. I was already ahead of the game with the head shaving. So. I, I love that. We got plenty to talk about with Sean. Say hello also, guys, to Deshaun Tate. Deshaun with Sean. Deshaun Tate out of Atlanta. I love his basketball insight. Tate's Take Hoops is his Twitter handle. And Deshaun Tate, it is good to have you because we're going to talk some hoops here on this program. I'm glad we could slide you in on Three Dog Thursday, including the video. I'm glad that I can be a part of it with all of you guys. And thank you so much for having me. And in regards to the hair, all of this stuff doesn't make sense to me. I used to have long cornrows, couldn't grow any facial hair. And now I got the facial hair. I don't have any hair up top. I don't know which way to go. I'm just blaming my mom's dad. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, okay, so let's get to some subjects and kick around. First of all, Cam Newton. We were talking earlier in the podcast. We'll kind of go around the roundtable. Brett Norsworthy, to you first. What do you make of the marriage in New England? How big of an impact might it, might it or might it not have? What, what's your take? I love it, TJ, and you know I've always liked Cam Newton from that one blockbuster year in the SEC. 2010, what he did in the SEC was like unlike anything ever seen before or since in the SEC. It was the biggest one year, and he won the Heisman Trophy in the National Championship, undefeated Auburn Tigers. And then he goes on to an MVP season with, with the Panthers. I see him in Super Bowl 50. He was a little more famous for being Peyton's last game out in the Bay Area, and the, the Broncos did enough that day to win. But he's younger than Russell Wilson. He's younger than Aaron Rodgers. And I think all the greats have one last great final act. And it's not just going to be this year. It's going to be this year, and then they re-up with him, and he's going to do almost the unthinkable, have to fill the shoes of Tom Brady. I don't know if he eclipses what Tom Brady did in New England, but I think it will be blockbuster success for Cam Newton, and I'm hoping for it. I love watching him play. Now, what he's got to do uh, now in this stage of his career, get out of bounds and hook slide. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, okay, we'll continue around the room. Sean Green, the marriage in New England. Brett likes it. What, uh, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think it's an, uh, it makes sense for both parties. If you're New England, you get Cam Newton on. They got him at a veteran minimum just with a bunch of incentives. That makes complete sense uh, from New England side. And for Cam Newton, hey, it's a one-year deal. Prove it. If he has a great year, he can get paid a huge contract. I don't know if it'll end up being in New England. 
Uh, I'm, he, he mentioned the Super Bowl. I, I bet on Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. I lost money on Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. So I'm still, I'm still a little hurt from that game. He didn't dive on the fumble. That always killed me. But, uh, I mean, if you're Cam Newton, this is the best-case scenario. And Bill Belichick, it, it gives him complete option. It, he, I think he's going to try and have a legit quarterback competition in August. I mean, and I think Cam Newton will win the job. But, uh, you know, I, I think everyone is motivated. And so it'll end up being a good situation for both of them. Okay, I did say before you guys came on, this is a clear indication he did not, Belichick, believe in Jared Stidham, the unproven quarterback. Another guy at Auburn, by the way, Brett Norsworthy, uh, that, that had played there and played at Baylor as well. So he, uh, he obviously wanted a veteran presence. I'm not so sure that Cam Newton makes the opening day roster. Deshaun Tate, am I crazy that Belichick could try him out, use him in the preseason and say, hey, we're happy with Stidham and Brian Hoyer, the veteran. Do you believe I'm crazy to think that Deshaun my, – Sean Green thinks I'm crazy. I can see him nodding no, no, no. on I the was- full screen. I was nodding, agreeing, because there's literally barely any guaranteed money. So Belichick's right. in a great position. He, he kept Antonio. My point is, he kept Antonio Brown for one week, and they got rid of him. Yeah. He had Tebow through the whole preseason and said, "Not going to make the regular season team. Don't need him. We have Tom Brady. I don't know." Uh, Deshaun Tate, is this a good marriage? Is Cam Newton going to flourish in New England? Real quick. I'm not crazy enough to call you crazy, but what I will <laughs> say is that. Uh, I'm one to believe that I do like the move, love the move. I'm not sure yet. I think that a lot still is left to be determined as to exactly who Cam Newton is willing to be as a person and as a, not just a player, but also as a teammate uh, as to whether this is something that could actually really work out or not. Um, But as far as the acquisition within itself, I think it just goes to show exactly why it's more than just Tom Brady behind why the Patriots have won the way that they have in the past by picking him up. I'm still just kind of jealous that he's got the hair thing going on. In <laughs> A lot of it. Brett has another comment. Go ahead, Brett. At the professional football level, are we seriously going to mention Cam Newton in the same sentence with Tim Tebow? Well, I'm just bringing up former Heisman winner, a lot of success in college. They brought they him in kind of together. as the – as the, pro, as the project of, hey, maybe we want to use him as a special package read option quarterback, never made the team. Never made the team. But I, I don't disagree. Newton has absolutely proven MVP status in the NFL. Tebow never breathed anywhere near MVP status, even though he won a playoff game. So I agree with you uh, on that. All right, so let's move on to a couple of other subjects. Uh, Sean Green, we'll stay with, uh, with the NFL here on this. I would love for you guys um, at the Sports Gambling Podcast to get a good plug in here. So uh, tell me a little more about what you're doing. We're looking at you and Ryan Kramer here as, yep. uh, as part of what you're doing with these simulations every night. Different NFL teams, it's going to be the playoff matchups. Tell us more about what you're doing and what they're seeing on the screen right here. Yeah, so basically what we're doing is we're simulating the 2019 NFL playoffs on Madden. And we're using 2020 updated rosters. So uh, one, of the, one of the first games, the wild card game, the Patriots versus the Titans, we get to see Cam Newton in a Patriots jersey. Can he do <laughs> what Tom Brady was unable to do and beat the Tennessee Titans? You'll have to tune in to find out. And then, uh, yeah, we're able to uh, – we have betting lines on the games and we have, uh, we have like a little bracket that you can do to fill out. And uh, we're giving away $10,000 in sportsbook prizes – 
you go to the football tournament.com that has a schedule, the info, all that. And uh, yeah, it's really fun. We get the live play by play and in game wagering. And uh, you know, it almost feels like uh, real sports because people have money on it and we got a chat room going and it's a lot of fun. Hey, and, and I Sean, did a, I, I Green, did. Who, who do you have as backup quarterback for the Titans? Because Marcus Mariota came in in that game right. and gave it to Derrick Henry and he had the junk Tim Tebow pass. Speaking yeah. of Tim Tebow. We got to find incredible. a backup for Tannehill. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I have to look at the roster. I forget who, uh, <laughs> who's the backup right now in Tennessee, but you're right. And we'll see, we'll see how Tannehill does if he can pull that off again. I'm skeptical. Okay, so again, I butchered this, so let me do it again here for the audience. It's only hearing us on Three Dog Thursday or if you're seeing us. They're doing simulations of the Madden games with last year's playoffs. Again, we know that Kansas City defeated San Francisco in the Super Bowl. You guys are replaying the playoffs, Madden simulation. And for Brett and for Deshaun and for the audience that's watching on YouTube, these jokers, Sean Green and Ryan Kramer, are hilarious doing the play-by-play. There's also alcohol involved, and you guys start to get a little punchy. You start getting mad when your bets go south, and yes. that comes on the sleeve uh, on the play-by-play call. So, again, check them out, Sports Gambling Podcast. There's their Twitter feed. And the simulation starts, Sean, on Friday night, correct? And all Friday through the night. weekend, depending on when they're hearing us, right? Yeah, so get your, get your uh, bracket in, and, and the schedule's all there on the website. If you go to thefootballtournament.com, that'll uh, take you there. Okay, so uh, we're back here with my guests on the full screen, Brett Norsworthy uh, from Sports 56 WHBQ in Memphis, five-day-a-week host, Deshaun Tate of Tate's Take. You can follow him on Twitter, Tate's Take Hoops. Follow him on his Tate's Take Facebook page as well. Great insight out of the Atlanta area all the way out on the left coast, which I think would be that way if you're looking at me on the screen, uh, is Sean Green in Los Angeles Sports Gambling Podcast. I love talking with him. I want to bring Deshaun Tate back in on something here. Let's take a look um, at, uh, at a guy that you're talking a lot about right now, and, uh, and that is the high school phenom out of Michigan, one Imani Bates. We're looking at his highlights here. Uh, Imani Bates, uh, Deshaun, give me the particulars here out of Michigan. Looks like he's about 6'10", lanky, can handle it, can go to the hole, can shoot it. He's the number one recruit in the country. Did I set it up enough? Give me some more on him. He picked Michigan State this week, which I know makes you smile because you're a Michigan State guy. Yeah, for sure. About 6'8", lanky, um, you know, can pretty much do it all. Do a little bit of everything, especially score the basketball inside, outside. Needs to get a little stronger. Um, but I think you could say that about any kid that's 15 years old. I'm hearing people tell me that this kid is the best high school talent and phenom that they've ever seen in their life. These are credible people. These are people that um, have been watching basketball for a very long time. That's LeBron James included. So with all of that being said, uh, he chose Michigan State as a verbal commit, but did really kind of um, kind of word it in a way that that is of, you know, I, I, un, un, until further notice, I'm going to Michigan State. Now, <laughs> the, the elephant in the room is whether he's going to end up going to the NBA or not in the event that Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, is going to lift the age restriction by that time or not. In the event that he doesn't, we could be looking at a reclassification situation uh, where he would be playing for Michigan State as early as next season, not the coming season, but the following, 2021. Um, But even more so, another thing that could happen is uh, a possibility of a commitment to the G League, depending on how much money they throw his way. We know that they just threw a ton of money 
um, to Jalen Green, who is top five ranked in the class of 2020. That's 500K. He's the highest paid coming out of high school right now. In the event that Imani Bates get, uh, entertains a similar offer, it'll be very minimum north of $750,000, I would imagine, right off the rip. So um, as of right now, he's a Spartan. Uh, but, you know, until further notice and, and looking forward to see exactly if he's going to dress up in the green or white or not. Well, I mean, there's so much uncertainty, obviously, right now with everything. Are we going to have a college basketball season? Can the NBA get this thing off the ground? I mean, Stats is in Memphis where the Grizzlies are currently the eighth seed and are hanging in the playoffs. Sean is in L.A. where the Clippers and the Lakers, the Lakers are one, the Clippers are two in the West. Um, and, and so there's there, there, I mean, there's a bunch of uncertainty. Let's go around the round table. Uh, Brett Norsworthy, is the NBA going to be able to get this restarted with all the, the coronavirus concerns, play the end of the regular season, play the playoffs? Give me the quick take there. Are they going to be able to get it going? I, I would bet 95% they restart, and I would bet around 85 to 90% that they complete it. Adam Silver wants to crown a champion, and when he hands that Larry O'Brien trophy to someone, it'll almost be handing 2020 and good riddance to someone <laughs> this year on New Year's Eve when we hear old anxiety, it, it it's going to be don't let the door hit you with the good Lord split you get out of here in 2020 <laughs> and in Memphis Deshaun Tate, we know all about the G League with Jalen Green this year and and because he said if he would have signed with anybody it would have been with coach Penny Hardaway in Memphis so we're really burned by that and it's what these top level coaches like coach Izzo and Coach K and Harry, they're all recruiting against – they're not just recruiting against UCLA and Texas and LSU and Florida anymore. They're having to recruit against the NBA. That's a whole new dynamic. And I don't know that's exactly what Penny Hardaway signed up for. The goalposts have really moved on him. And, and Deshante, every year at tournament time, I almost have to double-check. I, I worship at the, at the Church of Izzo, but it's hard to believe just one – and in 2000. Right. For national championships, he's talking about. Yeah. Thank, hey, thanks for the opinions. reminder, Brett. Yep, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying thanks for the reminder. That there's only one, but you do have the one. And, of course, uh, these people that are saying he's the greatest high school player they've ever seen, LeBron, yes, but go backwards to, like, Kobe, go backwards to Kevin Garnett, go backwards uh, to Irvin Magic Johnson, by the way, in yeah. high school, uh, as you know, uh, as well. So, uh, quick opinions from everybody else. Sean Green, are they going to yeah. be able to finish the NBA? Are they going to be able to play and finish? They have it in the bubble, if you will, the compression of Orlando. Baseball is going to try to play everywhere. Basketball is going to play only in Orlando. Are they going to be able to finish? You know, initially I definitely thought they would be able to finish, but then I saw the Lakers sign J.R. Smith. So now <laughs> if they're letting him in, him in the bubble, I don't know about the bubble. Uh, what could go wrong? Yeah, oh, exactly. my God. I mean, he's uh, a character. That should be fun. No, I, I'm, I'm really optimistic, but, you know, it, it's tough to predict anything with the, the, way, the way this uh, disease has been going. But, yeah, I mean, they, they have a ton of protocols. They're going to be uh, supposedly super safe. They have that snitch hotline. So if, you, if, <laughs> if they see uh, another player, they can call in anonymously, which I'm sure they're going to get some crazy uh, crank calls to that thing. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm – and if they get it, uh, you know, they're, they're of the age and hopefully all these guys are healthy and, and nothing, nothing uh, too serious happens. So I'm optimistic they'll be able to get through it. I mean, I do think we could see some, uh, 
some crazy outcomes. And of course we are on three dog Thursday. So if you like the dogs before you got to like them even more because if God forbid, uh, you know, like a, a big name player, like a LeBron has to sit down for two weeks cause of, cause of COVID and they keep going. Uh, you know, that really is, is exciting for some of these smaller franchises like a, you know, like a Memphis or, or some of these teams that would normally have no shot as an eight seed or a seven seed. I, I think this could, uh, could be their year. Voice the of Sean Green. The year was over the Lakers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Grizzlies, uh, and, and we'll see if they get that matchup because the Pelicans and the uh, and the Blazers and the Kings are chasing them uh, in the round robin there for the eighth seed. Again, you're listening to Three Dog Thursday, the voices of Sean Green, who's at Sean T. Green on Twitter, of Brett Norsworthy out of Memphis, at Brett Norsworthy on Twitter, N-O-R-S. I'm going to spell it, I think, off the top of my head correctly, W-O-R-T-H-Y, Brett Norsworthy. And Tate's Take Hoops is where you find Deshaun Tate, who's with me. Quick answer, Deshaun. Are they going to get the season uh, in in Orlando? You're confident that they not only start it, but they finish it in Orlando? I'm not nearly as confident that they will finish it, especially not only are you talking about guys not wanting to play because of the racial and social injustices, um, guys are really concerned already about the COVID-19. Yep. But God forbid with our eyes crossed, T's crossed, literally eyes, everything crossed, toes crossed and all, I'm really <laughs> afraid that, you know, once someone does uh, test positive for this, it's going to cause even more of a drop off so that, you know, it's just going to be too big of a risk, too much of a, a concern, honestly. And uh, from that standpoint, uh, I, I like to think that they won't be able to finish it because it'll just be, too much of a risk but make no mistake about it i want to see this whole thing happen as long as people's lives uh are, are are safe and are secure you know me tj anytime i get a chance to see basketball i don't care if it's in a bubble off the bubble uh bubble gum ncaa <laughs> tournament bubble whatever you want to call it they could play this thing on the moon I want to see it, but I want to make sure that people's lives are not at risk in the process. Well done on that. Final subject, just real quick. We're having fun uh, with all subjects, including here. Uh, today is, as we're taping, July the 1st. And so uh, my man Stats Norsworthy already knows this, but for those that don't follow baseball, we're looking at this on video again. Find the Three Dog Thursday YouTube page and find the video. Today is the anniversary of several players. Most prominently, it gets mentioned all the time, Bobby Bonilla, the ex-New York Met, receiving a million-dollar payment almost into infinity on July the 1st every year. But that's not the only one of these deals that exists like this. And Brett's going to smile here because a former relief pitcher in the 1980s, Bruce Suter, is still being paid for another 15 years by the Atlanta Braves uh, a million bucks a year to not play for him. They deferred his money for 30 years after his career to still be paid. Now, it's interesting. He's not the only one, guys. I mean, there's some other ones. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr., by the way, deferred $50 million, 5-0, $50 million from the Cincinnati Reds. He will be paid $6 million a year. He has been already since he's been retired. $6 million a year for another six years that he's getting in deferred money. The baseball deferred money is crazy. But, Brett, I'll let you go first because the Bruce Suter thing remains crazy 30 years after the Braves agreed to that contract and agreed to defer the money, right? I always said Bruce Suter shouldn't have left St. Louis for Atlanta, but that financial arrangement was a pretty good one. He was the – guy on the mound for the last out in the 1982 World Series. As Jack Buck would describe him, old engine number 42, Bruce Suter, his number retired 
but it's also retired around all of Major League Baseball for the great Jackie Robinson, yep. but retired at Bush Stadium for Bruce Souter wearing number 42. So we know who to blame for the Bobby Bonilla deal. And it's not the Will Collins. <laughs> it's not the Mets. Right. It's not Major League Baseball. It's Bernie Madoff. He stole so much money from the Will Ponds that they that they're they're stuck in a lot of these bad deals. Who do we blame for Bruce Souter? Do we blame Ted Turner? Do we Probably. blame Captain Courageous? Ted Turner into Sean's town in Atlanta gave him that deal. I mean, Deshaun, I know you're younger, and Sean, you're a little younger than obviously what Brett and I are. But this was an unprecedented thing that they would give a guy a, a thirty million, a thirty-year million dollar per year deferred deal to get him as a free agent it was unheard of in the '80s. Almost nobody was making a million dollars a year in the '80s in in professional baseball. So it was crazy. They're still paying him. And think about Ken Griffey Jr. has been retired since 2010 and has been getting $6 million a year, roughly, since 2010 in deferred money. Sean Green, you got to get you that kind of deal for the Sports oh Gambling God. Podcast. Yeah, that kind of offset money. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, do they not know how interest works? They're, <laughs> they're really hurting themselves here. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I, and – uh, he had mentioned uh, the Madoff thing. What had happened there was the Mets were making so much money on paper and and realistically not at all. They they saw their statements from Madoff. They're like, why would we give him a million dollars now? We'll just give it to Madoff. It'll be $2 million next year. Uh, so, yeah, they, they need some – the MLB owners, uh, a lot of questionable financial uh, decisions. But uh, thank God we're going to have a season, and, and that looks like it should get started here. So Let's hope so. Let's hope so for the, uh, for the baseball part. Of you want a quick Bobby Bonilla story on the Three Dog Thursday podcast? I have had an encounter with him, and it was actually a really good one. Uh, this is now a 14-year-old story as I jog my own memory. 2006, I am slated to work the first-ever World Baseball Classic. That's where all the countries were going to play each other like the Olympics. I am working the bracket in San Juan, Puerto Rico closest obviously to Florida they had one in Japan I didn't go to Japan they had one in Phoenix closer to you Sean I didn't go there uh, as it turns out I, I worked the one in San Juan I go to Tampa International Airport it's during spring training time and I'm flying to Miami and then flying to San Juan to broadcast the games on Sirius XM radio uh, as part of an, an assignment and Bobby Bonilla is sitting there right at the gate right in front of me and I strike up a conversation with him because I know I'm going to, to go and work the games. Could not have been nicer. We were talking about several different things. What I remember it more for, and I eventually pointed this out to Bobby Bo, is there's a dude sitting two seats over from him in the gate. And he's got it. I'm going to show this to the audience again. Subscribe to the Three Dog Thursday YouTube page. Go find the video. He's got his hands in front of him while he's seated the whole time. He's never moving his hands, and he's got like a coat over his hands or a shirt over his hands, and he's never moving his hands. And I noticed there are two other guys around him who turn out to be U.S. Marshals who are transporting this guy who is handcuffed, who's two seats away from Bobby Bonilla on the plane to Miami. They're the Marshals taking this guy on extradition or whatever back to Miami. So finally, I get Bobby Bo over here, and I'm like, Bobby Bo, that's, that's somebody that they're taking. And Bobby Bo even moved his seat. We joked about that on the plane. We joked about that in Miami because we then flew to San Juan. 
I kid you not that I was going to get a cab in San Juan to the hotel. Bobby Bonilla comes over to me. He doesn't know me any more than he knows the bellman at the airport or the doorknob in this room in here. He doesn't know me. He comes over to me after we've been joking around. And he goes, TJ, you got a ride? You got, where are you going? You got a ride? I told him I'm going to the Intercontinental Hotel. He goes, that's where I'm going. He goes, ride with me. We get in a limo. Bobby nice. Bo and I get in a limo to the Intercontinental. I got to see him at some point and joke with him about him giving me the ride, but me shying him away from whatever federal fugitive they had two seats away from him right there by the plane. Sean Green, I will be disappointed if you don't work this into a comedy bit somehow, some way, later on down the road as a comedian. That's a true story. That's the truth. That's me and Bobby Bo. He gave me a limo ride, and there was a federal fugitive involved. In, uh, in all of it. So, it wasn't made off, was it? It was yeah. not made off. Uh, he was an unsavory looking uh, individual. So, and it, it, I just, it struck me after a while, something's up here. And then I saw the, one of the feds had a hand cannon on his waist near this guy. And I'm like, we're transporting somebody tonight. We got extradition going. Uh, from TJ, here to yeah, TJ, go ahead, Deshaun. The key, the key words here unsavory looking individual. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes, I cleaned it up as best I could. All right, we got to get out of here. I promised you guys uh, that this would not take long. Uh, you do a great job. We go around the room one more time again. Uh, Brett Norsworthy, thank you. Keep knocking him dead in Memphis, Tennessee, young man. Thank you for jumping on the podcast. Anytime. Thank you, TJ. Loved it, Sean. Loved it, Deshaun. Uh, you, beautiful man. stuff from him. Uh, again, follow him at Brett Norsworthy. Uh, here on the uh, on the podcast uh, and on the social media. Sean Green, thank you, sir, for hanging out at Sean T. Green. Follow him also as part of the Sports Gambling Podcast at Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, Sean Green, thank you for hanging out with me, my friend, here on this. Always, uh, always enjoy catching up, TJ. Love it. And Deshaun Tate, great stuff from Mr. Tate's Take Hoops. Follow him at Tate's Take Hoops for everything on Imani Bates, uh, on the NBA restarting for all of it. Follow him on social media there. Find him on the Tate's Take Facebook page uh, as well. He's based in Atlanta. Deshaun, thank you, brother. I appreciate you popping on. No, TJ, thank you so much for having me. Always grateful and appreciative of it. And whenever Brett wants to go ahead and switch the goatee for the swoop comb over thing, I'm all more than open for that. You got it. Again, none of us, again, find the video. None of us have a lot on top uh, with the hair on this uh, roundtable version of the podcast. My thanks also to Brian Edwards, who was with me earlier in the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast, the audio version on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Find us on the Sports Gambling Podcast feed of shows. Uh, Sean is uh, appreciative that I'm saying that. Check them out on the Madden simulations this weekend. Boys right here, great job, Brett, Sean, and Deshaun. Thank you. I'm merely TJ. Thank you for being with me. These guys are savory individuals, not unsavory individuals on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.